Woke up this morning into my car to start my day. First stop is my buyer, who six months ago walked away. When I arrived, he treats me like a commodity. Give me a speck on his inner connect, he wants price and delivery. And if we're over $20, he tells me this business we're gonna lose. He's got a singing that old, don't know value. Welcome, everybody, to the Value Clarity Podcast, where we preach that value only exists in your customer's mind, and your company should be 100% focused on your customer's outcomes. I'm your host, Mark Boundy. Today, I am thrilled to have an old acquaintance, uh, Joe Puzz. Uh, I've been on his podcast, the the PMO Squad podcast, or no, PMO Office Hours podcast. That's it, Um, Uh, Joe Puzz, uh, also known as PMO Joe, is um, founder and owner of the PMO Squad. He has a a podcast, the PMO Office Hours, founder of the PMO Mentoring Alliance, uh, is a top 15 PMO expert in the world. Joe, welcome. Yeah, thanks, Mark. It's great to be here once again and share the stage with you on a podcast. Uh, it's great to have you. You know, it's been a while since we talked. And I thought, man, Joe, when I was on your podcast, we talked and we we kind of formed this mutual admiration society, mutual agreement society on customer outcome focus, customer focus. And it that's not something you normally think of uh, for a project management organization. So tell us a little bit about, more about the PMO squad, what you do and and how you do it and what makes you different. Yeah, I think you you touched on it there, right? Is we're not typical uh, because what the world thinks about and how we utilize project management today, it's really not working. So we're trying to actually get results. So I often compare when I go talk to new clients, project management delivery to their sales function. And, and we talk about, do you reward successful outcomes in sales? Yes. Do you reward successful outcomes and projects? No. Do you drive sales based on customer needs? Yes. Do you drive projects to satisfy customer needs? No. So we have this model already built within organizations around the world of how sales works. Sales then hands off to a delivery team to be able to implement usually what was what was purchased or sold. But we don't reward and use project teams the same way we do sales teams. So there's there's a model to follow, but within organizations, we don't follow it. So I try to go work with our clients and our prospects to help them understand, don't make project management different. Sure, the techniques, the skills, the profession is different, but your organization already has an acceptable practice for how you engage customers and deliver the sales process. And it works. Now we want to be able to take that to the back end on an operations mindset for a delivery of the project and have a similar thing. So we work with clients to be very different than how they do it today. We want to transform their project delivery capabilities, not transition into a new way of working because a new way of working usually means a new leader, a new tool, a new process, and you get the same results. We want to change how we do project delivery in organizations. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of directions I want to take this. 
Uh, one, I'm just going to, uh, the two, I'm going to do one quick one and one, the, the more interesting one. The quick one is you talked about how unsuccessful project management is. And I think we've, you know, we've both seen the data. Um, the data I've seen is that 50% of projects fail to meet even one of the initial goals of that project. Yeah. And I've seen 70% fail to meet a significant number of those goals. <laughs> That's frightening, right? Yeah, imagine if if the Toyota manufacturing system was built on 50 to 30 or 70% defect rate. Yeah. It, it wouldn't have been accepted worldwide as as the as an ideal manufacturing model. We we have to change that. The PMO squad just did a global survey. Results came out here in January. PMO leaders responded themselves. It was a simple question. Is your PMO successful? Only 43% said yes. So not only are the projects failing, the organization of project management is failing as well. So, so something has to change, right? We just can't keep doing the same thing over and over again because we've proven over time it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, I, I work with, I, I've got a couple clients that do their own in-house project management. You come in as a hired project management resource. Is that correct? Yeah, we, we are often brought in as consultants or contractors to augment their staff or smaller organizations outsource their whole function to us. Right. So, yeah. So right now my client base doesn't use somebody like you. Um, I'd love to have that change, but with my clients who do that, I work with them on a mindset change and that, and I, I don't, I'd like to just bounce this off you and kind of get your idea. Um, we all often think of sales and project management as two different process and the sales process we manage by this idea of some people call it the pipeline. I call it the funnel uh, same thing. It's just the funnel acknowledges that more opportunities come in than actually close at the bottom. So one end of that pipeline is fatter than the other. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a project management. And I teach, especially companies who sell SaaS and software, that think of uh, a figure eight on its side, an infinity symbol, an infinity loop that just never ends. And that what you thought was your sales funnel is the left-hand half of that infinity loop where a customer finds out they, they need to change, they evaluate options, they learn about options, they figure out what their issue is, they develop a set of needs, they find people to need, meet those, they um, eventually contract and they sign an agreement to, to get it done. The right-hand loop of that is the delivery, the implementation, the training, the becoming expertise, the incorporating this stuff into your processes. It's coming to love that thing. And then it's asking that where it loops back into that other loop again is asking what else I can do with this. What more can I do? What other division should I roll this into? What enhancements do I need? What new project, you know, software modules do I need? So everybody on that implementation side of that infinity loop is actually ultimately feeding a customer relationship, feeding a sale. Your yep. thoughts. 
Yeah, it, it feeds the sale and it also leads to repeat business because when the delivery goes well, they want to come back to the place where it went well because so many other places it fails, right? You, you mentioned the stats, 50 to 70% project failure. Well, if you had a great experience with this organization, maybe a 90 to 100% success rate, you're going to want to go back to them because yeah. you know you had better success than that everyone else. So to me, it's the integration between sales and and delivery, like you mentioned in the affinity loop, they're connected. They're not disparate. One leads to the other and the other feeds the other, right? Yeah. It's the way to be able to keep business going, to keep customers satisfied by working together. Yeah. You know, I, um, I still call on a lot of chief sales officers, as well as, you know, chief financial officers and CEOs who think the salespeople discount too much. I feel bad for sales leaders for the same reason I feel bad for just about any corporate leader. In sales, it's wild because since 2004, the number of software applications that somebody is reaching out to you, trying to sell to you has grown from about a hundred to over a thousand. Yeah. There's a, there's, 1,200 software vendors trying to sell you something, tell, sell you a software solution. And they have this 50 to 70% failure rate. Right. So, and people are screaming for you. Your CEO is considering, you know, is yelling at you to become more effective, more effective, more effective, more efficient, more efficient. And you feel like you have to do this, but you know, it's a crapshoot on whether or not you're actually going to be able to pull it off. And uh, when I was at Miller Hyman, there was stories that a lot of people would hire the Miller Hyman training so that they could actually get their salespeople to start using that multi-million dollar salesforce.com application that they had bought and nobody was using. And so, you know, if we put the Miller Hyman stuff inside of Salesforce and tell people to use the Miller Hyman, then that utilization rate would go up. Right. Yeah. For the host system. Um, it's it's awful being an executive and knowing you have an, a mandate to to automate, to take advantage of some of these solutions, but knowing that you're taking your career into your own hands every time you sign one of these deals, because half the time it's going to wash out. Yeah, the way the way organizations typically have utilized project management is it's been siloed, right? It it sits within a function, usually IT, and they do stuff that pulls people from their day job, right? Because every project pulls you away from what you're supposed to be doing. What we try to do is get it integrated into the operations of the business. That project delivery should be the fabric of the organization. Because every function, including sales, as you mentioned, delivers projects. So a good example I'll use for this is when Six Sigma was in vogue, right? Everybody in the organization received Six Sigma training. They may have become a yellow belt, right? They weren't a black belt. It wasn't their primary role, but they understood how to be able to do process efficiency work. In project management, everybody is running projects. It isn't just project managers by title who are running projects. Salespeople run projects, marketing departments run projects, engineering run projects. We call them accidental project managers. But we don't help them learn how to deliver projects better. We don't give them the tools to be successful. 
So using that mindset of Six Sigma, what if there were yellow belt project managers? They're not PMPs by title, but they're trained on how do I define scope? How do I build requirements? How do I test to make sure that I'm going to be satisfied with what we've delivered? So now you're bringing project management principles throughout the entire organization without everybody having to become a project manager, right? There's ways to be able to drive success within an organization by transforming the way we think about it. Stop doing the old way that isn't working and how can we change to be able to bring this discipline to everybody in the organization so that everybody accepts it and it's not just, oh, they're overhead. They're there, that group of people that are gonna make me do things that I don't wanna do. No, they're there to help you actually achieve your work and do a better job with it. That's great, Joe. You, you just rang a bell in my head. Uh, a client, former client that I'm thinking of, um, they had one sales guy that, in Europe that was head and shoulders above the other people in his office. And when I interviewed him, he was the guy who understood his customer's business really well understood how the software this company sold affected every department. And then he was, in essence, an external project manager. He helped his customers understand these are all the processes that our software touches. These are all the people who are going to have to be engaged. This is all the outcomes that you can achieve if we do this right. Mm -hmm. Now let's figure out how to do it. And so... Um, he took on the role of project manager at, or at least project designer mm -hmm. um, to help gather the people. And that's a, that's a real skill. And I think it's more needed depending on what it is you sell. I mean, if you're just selling this year's laptop to the sales force, sure. that that's one level of, of implementation, but if you're selling somebody a piece of software that replaces um, the customer was doing it with nothing but spreadsheets before your software arrived on the scene, they don't even know what they are, what their new capabilities are going to be. They don't even know what new processes can actually be improved because the spreadsheet was such a narrow focus point solution that barely got them by. Yeah, we think. When we do performance reviews, one of the categories we often get graded on is business acumen. And we think that means just in my discipline. But really, you score well on business acumen when you're reviewed if you understand the full business. It's, you know, as a project manager, I don't need to go sell a customer, but I should understand what we do when we do sell to a customer. That helps me deliver better because I know the expectations that have been established both internally and externally. So for me, this notion of business acumen growth across disciplines in the integration in your infinity loop model is, is the way business is transforming to, right? It's the modernization of business and the removal of the silos. Let's put people working together as opposed to handing off and forgetting, right? You don't yeah. sell it and forget it. You sell it and then the organization has to go implement. It's not just a division of duty. It's a collection of duties. Yeah. So PMO squad is all about a business model of making sure you're integrate. It's not project management. It's integration. It's organizational implementation. It's socialization. It's making it work, um, which is 
not that's a very different mindset from some of the project managers that I've uh, worked with side by side before. Yeah, listen, I here's a, a good news, bad news story, right? The first PMO that I ever ran was a Bell helicopter, right? Giant defense contractor. And this was during the days of the Osprey. Yep. And while we were doing that program, it's a federal program. So there, there were some certifications that we had to have, project management certifications to ensure that the program was going to be successful. And Bell fell out of certification with the U.S. government. So $11 billion went into escrow waiting for us to get recertified. <laughs> that was not a project management impact. That was a business impact because of project management. So I learned in the first position I ever had where I was leading project management in an organization that it wasn't about what we were doing. It was a painful lesson. But every PMO since then, I brought that experience with me to be able to say it's not about our process. We can have a 100% audit score that we were compliant with process and have unsatisfied customer. It's all about the customer, just like with sales. We have to make sure we're delivering for them. And that's how we've built at the PMO squad, built our business model. Sure, we're project management experts, right? I mean, that's obviously our, our sweet spot. That's our niche. But what we really are, are customer delivery experts, delivering whether it's internal or external customer solutions to make sure they want to come back more. They yeah. want to, when the next sale or project happens, they want to come back to you. Yeah, That's what project management can provide for an organization. Yeah. So a teachable moment for everybody listening. What Joe just said is that there is a difference between the technical what you sell and the customer, what the customer buys. The customer buys a successful project. And just because technically you're good at the X's and O's, running the plays of project management, has very little to do with whether or not you've gotten a successful project outcome. As a matter of fact, with a 50% failure rate, flipping a coin is about as good a predictor yeah. when, you're, when you're in process compliant. Yeah. So Joe, uh, ever, so anybody, no matter what your business is, I want you to pay attention to what Joe just said, is that he's got a super clear idea that there's, there is a vast gulf between the technical expertise in project management, which he brings to the table, but that's foundational. And it can only be seen as useful to a customer when viewed through the lens of what are we delivering? What outcomes are we delivering to a customer? Um, I'm, I, I go through this with every client every time of, it's not about what you sell, it's about what your customer achieves. Mm -hmm. Um, and you've, you have in your business, you've got a super clear distinction between those two. And so let me ask how you make sure that everybody in your company sees that distinction and wants to live on the other side, the customer outcome side. How, how do you, we, how do you turn that into company culture? Yeah, we, we have our value statement, right. That we have introduced everybody to, and it's the word possible right? Uh, an acronym for the word possible with only one S. So we're a little bit different that way as well. Um, but the P is for purpose-driven. Why do we exist? And the O is outcomes-focused. 
It's not about the process. It's about the outcome. So the process is expected. What is unexpected is that we actually deliver 100% project success because we've seen the stats, right? It's not out there. When we attach why we do it with the focus on the outcomes, we deliver better. And everybody that works for us, we then talk them through that. We help them understand that. And it's pretty easy to understand because they've come from organizations where the project success rates were only about 50%, right? Yeah. So they're like, I want to do something different, right? Hasn't everybody come from one of those? Exactly. So it's it's easy to understand. It's hard to put in practice. If there If it was easy, there'd be more companies like ours out there. But we are a bit of a unicorn, right? We're an organization that I think does things differently and is making a pretty big impact. We were, you know, here locally in Phoenix, we were winner of the Small Business Awards last year at the from the Phoenix Business Journal. Um, so people are recognizing that and we're making an impact locally in the community as well. Uh, super important. And, you know, every time you and I talk, I think, man, gosh, why isn't he getting huge because well you, you are growing but um that gulf between a 50 percent failure rate and what you deliver um just seems invisible I, invisible to people i mean i think everybody knows but nobody knows how it can be better yeah there's i think the um I tried to speak in non-project management terms so that we can all get on the same page about the mindset that we're thinking, right? Um, everybody knows Coke and Pepsi because everybody drinks soda. Nobody uses project management consultants because they think they understand it because everybody runs projects at home. We remodeled the kitchen. We remodeled the bathroom. We did a backyard project. I'm a project manager. And they bring that to the organization and they fail 50% of the time because they're really not project managers. So project management consulting, which we provide, isn't as popular. We're not Coke or Pepsi, right? The, the industry doesn't drink soda, right? They, they go to Deloitte, they go to Accenture, they go to the big four of the management consulting firms for a cafeteria plan of, of service offerings of strategy and marketing and research. And then they have one little line item that says project management. And that project manager is usually a really smart 26 year old Stanford grad has never run a project before. And you're like, man, that project management consulting really didn't help my organization. We're trying to break that model, right? Cause that's all we do. We don't do anything other than project management consulting. So we're almost building an industry because there aren't many organizations that are so niche focused like we are on project delivery. Yeah. So then do people just um, who are implementing a project say, Hey, maybe, maybe I need to call the PMO squad and, and uh, rather than doing it myself, do, do I bring Joe and PMO Joe and the PMO squad in? How do, how do people, um, what does that decision look like for people? Is it, I thought I knew how to this, do this. Somebody helped me notice that I'm not as good as I thought. Um, who can help? Oh, maybe it's only Joe. Is is that kind of the process, or how how do you get how do you get your clients? Yeah, it, I think with a lot of selling, it's when the pain becomes bigger than what's acceptable, and then they go search and and they'll just Google you know project management help or project management consulting or improving project management, 
and a lot of the first client calls we have is when they're prospects, they say, I wish I knew you existed a long time ago, right? That's the common refrain that we hear from them. So we speak at industry events, we sponsor industry events, we're out at, within the project management industry, but really that's full of other project managers, right? So uh, we're not getting the org leaders, the executives maybe who are unsatisfied with their project delivery teams uh, to get our message. Um, so that's what we battle with, right? We get people, most of our businesses is through referrals and, and testimonials that we've had within our network. Um, people visit the website uh, and we close deals there. And then we do our outreach as well. Okay. Um, fascinating stuff, Joe. Um, what kind, do you uh, specialize in any markets or industries or um, is it specialized or is it, geez, we've, had better luck in this industry or do you pretty much have a, an even distribution of a, of several industries? Yeah. Th this is another one of those breaking down knowledge barrier moments. We specialize in project management. We're not industries, right? So this is every company we go into and say, I'm in semiconductors. You don't understand how we run projects. And I said, but aren't you failing on half your projects? It sounds like you don't understand how to deliver projects. Not me. Right. We're industry agnostic because we bring a specific discipline to every industry. So you name it, we run projects in that industry, local organizations up to Fortune 5, industry, size, location, geography, it doesn't matter. We run it for everybody. Cool. Um, really impressive, Joe. How do people get a hold of you and how do people get a hold of PMO Squad? Yeah, I think easiest way, of course, is just pop out to the PMO Squad website, uh, thepmosquad.com. Or if you're out on LinkedIn, just type PMO Joe in your search bar. I'm the only PMO Joe out there. You'll be able to connect with me. Um, I'd love to hear from everybody and hear their project management stories, right? The, the successes and the failures. We want to be able to help those who need it, but we also want to give a voice to those who are having success and repeat those models uh, with other clients as well. Super. Anything we forgot to ask or anything you want to talk about? I think the one thing that people may be interested with, I did mention the survey. If you go out to our, our website, you'll see uh, our global survey to understand more about project management and why we need to transform what, how we do that in organizations, because it's just not working. You know, the stats are there, but it's not just our stats. We compare our research with other research that's been done by other organizations and find the same things. And if we keep finding the same results, I think it screams out to us, time to change. The data's real. If we keep repeating the same things, we're going to keep getting the same mistakes. So I encourage everybody to go look at our uh, global research report and take that in and then uh, let us know how we can help them. Super. Joe Puzz, what a great conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and thanks, everybody, for joining us on another great episode of the Value Clarity Podcast, where we remind you that value is all about customer outcomes, and therefore, understanding your value only exists in your customer's mind, which means that sales is a lot more like brain surgery than you thought. Thanks, and go have a high-value day. Well, it ain't easy, because value's in your buyer's brain. If you're selling on only your features, you're going to drive over you insane. And if you ignore your customer's outcomes, you're bound to be paying.
and your dudes Cause you'll be singing those old Don't know about you This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.